January 25, 2022, it's What for Pedro Show. Mm. What are you playing at home? Uh, I heard you practicing over in the police. I thought that was what I heard. Yeah, well, anyway, I just, I've got a, there's a room over the garage out there that I'm getting fixed now. To, uh, I think it's going to be my practice room. You know, sometimes you build a room and it ends up, you ain't still going to the toilet. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I hope I like it. But, but I, was, I was in the living room. And I just, anyway, I keep going on the piano. And I have a horn in my bedroom. My flute's usually back there because when I go there, I'm tired, so I lay down and practice. Um, About how many hours a day do you play, would you say? Not too much at this time. I find that it's only when something is, is trying to come through, you know, mm-hmm. that I, I really practice. And then it's, it's, it's known, I don't know how many hours, you know, it's just all day. Until on and off, yeah. But at this time, it's... Uh, there's nothing that's coming out now. It's just uh, I'm kind of taken in.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. Start off with John Coltrane talking to Frank Kosky, November 66, talking about Prague. Then Devin Sarno, Darkened Valley Lullaby, because of those software engineers from Estonia with their Skype invention, I got with me. Devin Sarno, welcome aboard, Devin. Hey, Mike. Good, talk to, good talking to you. Thanks for having me. And we got to thank Stevie Bono for the connect, right? Indeed, we do. Yeah. But did, when did we first meet, Devin? Gosh, I mean, it had to have been probably the mid, mid to late 80s, I would think. I know yeah. it was a long time ago, but I want to go before that. Please bring your earliest musical memory. Well, my earliest musical memory um, is is probably more of a, a sound memory, if you will. Um, and okay. it's something I've been thinking about recently. Um, my dad um, had an, an old, well, at the time it wasn't an old, but a Sony uh reel-to-reel tape deck that he used to do these sound experiments with. And, you know, I was probably, I don't know, five years old or something. And when I started to, you know, be aware that he was doing this stuff and it completely fascinated me at the time for obvious reasons, you know, it was this completely, you know, uh, bizarre piece of machinery that he was futzing around with and, and creating these, these crazy sounds with. And it's, it's something that it was sort of an indelible memory of mine. Um, and, you know, finally he, he unearthed some of these tapes recently um, and gave them to me and I digitized them. And it was really fun to go back and listen to them again after all that time. And, and I ended up, um, making a piece out of it, you know, we kind of did a weird sort of de facto duet with it. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, as I sort of thought back on it, you know, it was, th that was really sort of a, an interesting uh, moment for my brain, you know, kind of opened up some interesting stuff and to have been exposed to that kind of, you know, experimentation and, and, and sort of, you know, the avant-garde, if you will, at such an early age, I, you know, it, at the time I didn't know, but as I look back on it, I, I definitely feel like that was kind of a pivotal, pivotal thing for me. Your pop was an experimental musician. Well, you know, on the side, on he, the side. He, yeah, on the side, you know, he's, he's an attorney, he was an attorney. And, and what I love about him and, and my, my mom as well, they, they just were, open to all kinds of stuff, you know, and, and messing around and experimenting. And, you know, he was into photography too, and, you know, experimental photography, you know, so I was always kind of around that, that mindset and, and that kind of stuff. So it, it certainly without a question had a, had an impact on me growing up. I'm curious, what kind of records did he have? He was into making music like that. Yeah, I mean, just uh, the gamut, you know, and that was a, that was the other thing is I was exposed to all kinds of music, you know, I have the only album of his that I actually appropriated was Bitches Brew. And I think because that that particular record was something that 
I was hearing around that same time a lot in the house. Like he played it a lot, and you know, the not only the music but the cover art, and there was just something so kind of mind bending about that. Well, that I mean, uh, I will say, you know, Dave Holland, great bass man, but I really got into Michael Henderson. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's right. He's a guy you met at the Apollo, right? Who wasn't from fusion or jazz or anything, right? He's an R and B guy, and uh, he's yeah. just so interesting about uh, that music, you know. Uh, yeah. So let me ask you: the the, the what he made music composed and you know played uh, was that tape record. Were there, were there other musical instruments in the house? Not really to speak of. Um, he he was i mean he did he played clarinet when he was younger so you know there was a clarinet in the house that i always used to kind of eye and was curious what the hell it was and it was so kind of bizarre to me that it was in you know pieces you had to put it together and you know but other than that not really i mean i had an uncle who was an opera singer um so there was you know between that and just you know constantly having music playing at the house um, I, I certainly was was ex as exposed to it as is you know if there was an instrument in the house it wouldn't particularly have made much difference you know I definitely was around it constantly. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about like jumping on like you never jumped on that clarinet you never put it together. I never did you know oh, just you because did. it was okay. as a young kid it was hard for me to figure it out you right know? to read <laughs> all that stuff the mouthpiece the read just trying to get a sound without any instruction would be kind of a journey what about what yeah, about exactly. school were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that a little bit um in grammar school i i played a little bit i mean i don't remember it was probably a year at most i played the flute um for some bizarre reason i don't even know how i wound up with the flute um you know i i don't know that particular experience um didn't mean a whole lot to me, I suppose. I mean, I, I didn't, I never really connected with, with that instrument. I mean, I liked it. I certainly, I mean, I, there was a reason why I joined whatever it was, the the, court, the orchestra. So I wanted to participate in making music, but that particular time in my life, I wasn't like, you know, it just wasn't there yet. You know, it was more just kind of messing around. Oh, and yeah, you can kind of tell because you didn't stick with it. What was the first record you bought with your own money, Devin? I have a feeling that it was Led Zeppelin IV. Um, and what was the first gig you saw? First gig I saw, um, funny story. I, I'm pretty sure it was Ravi Shankar at the Roxy Okay. in... <laughs> in seventy six, that's, that's a pretty good gig. Um, and the reason why I wound up there is my sister, my older sister, was a huge Beatles fan, and she was only thirteen at the time. I don't even know how in the world she would have known that George Harrison was gonna be there, but she somehow did. So she begged my parents to to bring us. And they did. They were nice enough to to bring us both. And sure enough, he was there. And my sister and I got his autograph. And um, but yeah, I think that 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 was technically, I guess, the first show I probably went to. John um, Coltrane uh, named his second son. That's right. After Mr. Shankar, and yeah. then like his daughter wouldn't use his name, so right, Nora Jones, right? 
Howard Jones, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's trippy about that stuff. Uh, but it, it, incredible. Yeah, I think he had a lot of influence on John Coltrane, on, on, on the Western music, you know. Bringing India, the, the idea of the ragas, and it's really important. So that's a good oh, first thing to go to. Yeah. What about the stuff after school? Not graduating, but in the afternoon. The garage band, the bedroom band, the basement band. Did you do any stuff like that? Like, I yeah. know you as a bass man. When did you get on the fucking bass? That was in high school. Um, I'd say probably around 81, 82. You know, that, that's really the point in my life where everything kind of exploded, you know, with music. That's really where I started to get into stuff and, you know, the punk and hardcore scene. Why the bass? Uh, Pardon me? Why the bass? You know, you know, I, I, got, answer, I, got, I, got a little, I got a little prejudice, so I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> I think, as you should be, I think, you know, I think I was just, you know, it's fewer strings. So, you know, yeah, stupidly, I thought, oh, maybe it's going to be easier to figure out, you know, because I think I did kind of mess around with guitar before that a teeny bit. It, found it a bit difficult and loved it, but was finding it difficult. And and so I wanted to just sort of see, oh, maybe bass is a little bit easier for me to start with. And I just ended up loving it, you know, from the get-go. I played so. a guitar with four strings. That's why I thought they were. I thought they had smaller <laughs> necks. No, because the gigs were That's all fucking arena rock, right? So I never got close enough to really see what a bass was that had these big fucking strings. The first time yeah. I, knew, I was until like 16 years old. And I couldn't believe it was a bass. I even lied to the dude who told me it was a bass. I said, I know that. And I fucking didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, you gave me this uh, thing you did with your your pops, Robert? Yes. Okay. The Sound Study 5. Let's listen.
For Pete Rush Show, that chunk of music started with Devin and Robert Sarno. Sound Study 5. So, uh, taking those old uh, tapes and then re uh, make, make it a duet out of it. Father exactly, yeah. Beautiful. And then brand new from Sawako Snow Light Sleep, uh, Juan's Dover, with uh, part three of his uh, big piece, Mobius Trip, part three. Sam Locke Ward, Bob Bucko Jr. from their uh, latest collab, Beautiful Dreams, 
Northern Jaw, the brand new out of Strong Beach. Occasional Clarity. Noisuka with Real Woman Thing. Real Women, that's plural there, what? And the New Woman, which is a band name, this is one of their earlier uh, releases. Without Teeth, You'd Be Nothing. And finally, Devin Sarno with Current and Former Thought. Okay, what was your first bass? Rickenbacker, 4001. Wow, a lot of money <laughs> for a kid. <laughs> I mean, how, 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 you, you, you know, I, I remember, you know, I had to work all summer to fold, uh, fold these LA Times to get 100 bucks up for my first. Mine was a K, right? It looked like a, right. a, a Gibson EB3. Because Jack Bruce, right, he had a big influence. I had an eight-track of uh, Cream Anthology, and he... He was one of the guys I could actually hear. I didn't even know what to listen for. I didn't understand that basement lower. Yeah. You know? No, I totally know what you mean. Alto California, Baja California. Yeah, I could have related. I just didn't know. The music now is so much more accessible to uh, younger people, old, anybody, right? In those days, yeah. you fucking kind of had to know someone. And if you didn't have older brothers like me, D. Boone, and even Georgie, you just stumbled onto shit. But anyway... Um, uh, how did you get that rig? Uh, my my parents, you know, oh, again, like. Uh, and what kind of amp? Uh, it was like a small amp peg, from what I remember. Not enough to keep up with the drum. That's always the uh, beginning bass players always make the mistake of because you can't get over the drums if your amp is too tiny. I know. I, you're 100% right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, almost everybody I know, they start off with like a little thing, like, like a guitar guy would, right? But it, it, the drummer's drawing you out and stuff. I'm not saying you got to be John Antwistle and like <laughs> blew out the drummer <laughs> over. Pete Towns, I was reading this thing. He said it sounded like some kind of a organ. Who's that guy? Uh, Mahler? Mahler? The composer? Mahler, like some, yeah. yeah, some kind of Mahler piece going through a gigantic organ or something. Oh, man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he was something else. So, and, and uh, what, do people come to your pad? You go to some buddies' pads? You guys start jamming? Yeah, um, some friends from high school. We, yeah. we just started a, a band together and would do it over at uh, the singer's house uh my friend caesar padilla um I, i'm curious yeah what'd you do at first did you copy songs off records like me and d boone or did you guys start writing right away no we started writing that's, that's um right. yeah really it was caesar and, and, and you know the, the movement right because that was a big thing when you went to a punk yeah. band, you didn't see a lot of covers or if there was a cover it'd be kind of twisted up it wasn't like top 40 scene which i guess was most of the club action before punk movement right Co yeah copy bands Tri tribute yeah i bands. never, never uh, really did covers you know like when yeah. i first started of course i played along with some records and stuff but um, well that's what we did and, and that's because that's all we knew in our town there was no culture about writing your own stuff i remember nicky beep was a pedro guy and he told us there was a scene up in hollywood where people wrote their own songs and we couldn't fucking believe it, it was the punk scene yeah we just didn't know exactly. you know thank god that guy heard us trying to ruin well we, no, we were very successful ruining tie your mother down and uh taking a breathing he said yeah and we, i know it sounds so stupid but like nobody we knew in pedro best guy's the guy who could play speaking of volume four uh 
Black Dog, right? The best guitar player. Guys, guys yeah, yeah. can play Black Dog the best. It's not like music can be a means of expression, you know? It was like building models or something. Uh, <laughs> fake totally. tanks, fake hot rods, <laughs> dragsters. So, okay, so were you involved? Because here's another thing. There's another thing about what great about the movement, in my opinion. It destroyed band hierarchies because guitar singers used to run the whole deal. Bass and drummer... Oh man! So, were you involved um, with the composition? Not really, just because you know I was still learning, you know. Um, and, and our guitar player was—I mean, he knew his shit, you know. I mean, he'd obviously like taken lessons and was a really great guitar player. So, I, I, you know, at that time, I was fine to just sort of take the back seat and, and figure my shit out, you know. Um, it really wasn't until... So he brought in... The, the guitar man brought in the songs. Yeah. And the singer probably yeah, wrote exactly. the words. Yeah, okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's where D. Boone, pretty open-minded, man. In fact, that's what he thought was political about the Minutemen, was putting the drums and the bass guitar up. He, he thought the lyrics was just thinking out loud. He thought it was like... Because, right, we're used to arena rock, which is, you know, because of the situation and whatever. Uh, acoustics or something. It, it's... The bass was like very hard to, you know, or then drums too, you know. Yeah, it was all blurry ass shit. So that's why I always uh, ask I, about that stuff. Now, did this band have a name? Yeah, it was the Dashboard Saints. And what was the? Did the Dashboard Saints ever do a gig? We did. Yeah, we did a few. Um, tell, tell me about the first one. I think the first one might have been. For my uh, 16th birthday party. <laughs> so in the backyard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kegger. Um, we had those in Pedro. And, uh, and believe it or not, um, Rollins uh, did a spoken word set in my parents' living room right after we played. Wow. So you opened up for him. <laughs> you opened up for Hank. And, and how'd the gig go? Was it a success? Yeah, I think it was okay, you know. And, and, and shortly thereafter, we had like our first kind of quote-unquote official gig at Cafe de Grand. And I, I don't know how a Caesar, our, our singer, uh, orchestrated that. And, you know, we weren't old enough to even be in there. So it was just, <laughs> we sort of played our set and we booted out. Yeah. Um, People, this used to be uh, like the cellar of a Chinese restaurant by the play yeah, exactly. in Hollywood. <laughs> Don Bowles used to do the sound, I remember, did for, for, for a minute, minute, a couple one time, deep, uh, El Duce fell down drunk, you know, very yeah. surprising. Yeah, man, there was some but fucking the, but amazing But Boone danced around him to protect him. So people would <laughs> stomp his ass and shit. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. I, I'll never forget. That's my uh, big golden uh, Cafe de Grand memory is D. Boone protecting El Duce with his dancing while he was singing and playing guitar. So people would uh, well, he had pulled down his pants and started pissing in a cup in front of D. Boone, and he tripped on oh, right? The pants are around his ankles, so it tripped him up. And uh, D. Boone's still a very compassionate man. Uh, I never had those issues in a live uh, situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you worked the room, right? Okay. Pants have stayed on so far. What, what about recording? Did Dashboard Saints record? We did, yep. We did um, like four or five songs. Because um, I noticed you didn't send me any. No, I didn't. I, I <laughs> actually okay. thought about it. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I stopped myself. And what was it? Was it a quartet? 
It, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, well, what happens with the band? How many? It just sort of fizzled out, okay. you know, as kind of young bands tend to do. Um, and then it really wasn't until college that I got into my next band situations. Um, there was a band called Junkyard that I stepped into. I don't know if you remember David Yu. He used to be a DJ on KXLU. I, I thought uh, um, Chris from the Big Boys joined Junkyard. This is a different, different, um, yeah, different Junkyard. And like but, they made him lose weight or something. Yeah, there's, I think trying to be like a Sunset Strip band. I'm going to butt rock. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also, of course, a, a birthday album. A birthday party, oh, yeah, album, yeah. right? It's really one of good. my favorite albums ever. I try, uh, uh, Dead Joe and shit like that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty yep. good. Yeah, incredible album. And uh, okay, David, you at KXLU, maybe all those cats. A lot of them were great cats. You know, yeah. I remember playing, always playing my first uh, time. We'd play a Fire Hose album. We'd always debut it on that station. Absolutely. Yeah, and I was a DJ there too. Oh, is that where you went to school? Okay. Yeah, brother Matt you, also, right. you know. Yep, exactly. Yeah, loyal Mar- the Lions, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and uh, incredible uh, diversity with the shows. Like, I guess each DJ just ran their own show. There's no like. Oh, uh, totally. yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a that was really the main reason why I wanted to go there. Honestly, man, I just I love that station so much. Beautiful. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, January 25, twenty twenty two edition. Watt Peter, your special guest, Devin Saro. Hold tight for hour two. January 25, 2022. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
lot from Pedro. She'll start off the second hour with Nastasia Filipovna. 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 Yeah. Ungodly Purple Watt. And then Senior Salty Balls with I Be Taking Samples from Your Mom. Uh, Boundless Relaxation. Uh, that's the Sam Lock Ward's, uh, what's he called? It's his Consciousness Project. The Waves. And brand new from Plus Dog Plus. Silence Broken by Laughter. And Waldo the Dog-Faced Boy, finally, with Convoy. I remember that song. What was his name? C.W. It was his stage name, right? Country Western or something. <laughs> and, and, and they were big in the 70s. And But I think the same mentality that you'll say on a fake look or shitter, instant ham, was, yeah, I think the pioneer fucking bullshit, whatever, was uh, CB Radio. It's the same kind of thing where you can hide and say mm-hmm. shit. You would never say somebody in person. Yeah, yeah assholes. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about something really positive, which is Joe Bison, right? Joe Bison just turned 70 people. And he's, he did, he yeah. an email saying he's been learning music and playing. And actually, he's playing hollow body now, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I see pictures of him. And uh, I know he's helping Jack Brewer out with the Jack Brewer album. and But... Uh, Let's talk about this project here because I'm actually on this thing you said. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I wanted, yeah, yeah. I, we were talking off air, people, about Joe Biza actually lived uh, with Gary Jacobi under D Boone's apartment when we started the Minutemen, and that's what 42 years now, right? This month, and of course we didn't want to bug anybody, so we didn't use amps. And this is before we had a drummer. It's just me and D Boone coming up with the first batch of songs, and so don't want to bug people with amps, so. Playing just bass and guitar, electric, right, without amps. So, but we got to keep the beat, so we're stomping with the feet. Joe Biza, you know, we'd see him at gigs, right? The gigs were always the same hundred people. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you you kind of knew him, but you didn't know him, you know. So, and Joe Biza, yeah. very distinctive look, man. I mean, that guy's always yeah. been his own man, and it's beautiful. And he thought we were up there dancing for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, so, but how did you meet him? You know, like you were just saying, um, I met him just from going to shows all the time. You know, like I, Sakran was such a huge band for me. Um, I've seen him eight billion times. So, did you know about like objects? Saying, did you know about objects? Yeah, I did. There's like a a, a first version, right? And I think mm-hmm. even Dez was part of it. And Denzel asked me to try out, and I didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, because at first, D-Boom wouldn't make a punk band. Then he would do reactionaries. After I answered an ad, I jammed one time with these people, Santa Monica Boulevard. It was like three and a half hours. It wasn't even this, the other part of I Want to Be Your Dog. It was just that first part, three and a half right. hours. And I told D-Boom, he said, okay, I'll make a band with you. And they were nice <laughs> people and stuff, but I never saw them again. But, but there's something about a club situation versus arena rock right you're, you're actually meeting people in fact the dudes in the band it, it's um, the way the, the the movement was the way i was perceiving it was it was almost like cats were taking turns playing for each other it was much different yeah. than the arena rock trip no dude i mean that that's how i met all you guys you know was just being at these shows all the time and you know it it's it does blow my mind, you know. It's like it was such a beautiful thing to 
don't know. It's like there was no wall between yeah. performer and then, then the audience. What we were talking about last hour, bitching radio station like KXLU that's very open-minded playing everything, letting people play yeah. on the air and stuff. Both those things, I think, yeah. went into what makes Devin Sarno, Devin Sarno, and what, what, you know? I, I think mm -hmm. that was a big part of our music thing. And in an oh, another dude. time, another situation, it probably would have been way different for us. Maybe not at all. You know, it was a really. Oh, no, I, I, I totally believe that too. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, so t t uh, here's another guy, Nels Klein, right? You gave me only yeah. peace. And that's, that's, see, I can't remember because Joe Biza with you, but also Nels Klein with you. So that's my early memories, but my memory's kind of foggy, mm -hmm. you know, but that, this is what I remember. Let's, let's play only peace.
construct your aspirations Money, money, money What could satisfaction even mean? And what would it look like? We are bereft of meaning anymore I'm scrabbling endless regression Repetition Location Psychosis, calumny Statistics Vacancy Ballistics Ballistics your aspirations money 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 what could satisfaction even mean what would it look like i'm pressing on reaching for the stars Reaching for the stars Reaching for the stars Leave them all behind Leave them all behind Reaching for the stars Reaching for the stars Leave them all behind Leave them all behind
Watts for Pedro Show. That chunk of music. Started off with Only Peace from Nels Klein and Devin Sarno. Then Ben Salter with Aspiration. Electro Capra out of Italy with H-O-C-M-S. Mysterious acronym, huh? Niagara, or like my uh, Italian bandmates say, Niagara. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, if you saw that, if didn't know native people, that was a native word, with five, or the Roman version of V, right? Which could be a U. <laughs> Keep it simple. <laughs> Keep it complicated. Okay. Sorrow is nothing but worn out joy from Berkey Can Oz Ozcan. And then Devin Sarno featuring Vincent Gallo, Joseph Hammer, Nels Klein, Bob Bruno, and Mark Wheaton. Full Dynamics Frequency Spectrum is the name of the composition. Mark Wheaton, was he part of Cheetah's Comedies? Yes, he was. I remember those cats, maybe from Seattle or something. And then they became uh, yep. Joanna Wentz Band or something, right? Yep, totally. Because and Joanna Wentz, our second whiskey gig was with Joanna Wentz. And that's where Georgie got me and D. Boone to shave off our heads bald, you know. He said he wanted us to look like... Burned up uh, matchsticks, you know, because he wanted not just ball, but, but grease and stuff. And of course, me and D Boom, we didn't know about. It. We'd never done that shit before, so we didn't know about clippers. We used the one blade Bic razor. Luckily, oh, I was first, and uh, yeah, but it, our heads looked like a motocross, you know, bloody mess. And Georgie didn't do it. We get there, he got like a crew cut or something, and he's laughing at it. And uh, there's a picture of it. Uh, Al Flipside took a picture and put it on the cover of one of the flip sides. That's the whiskey gig with Joanna. Oh, wow. So, uh, t tell me, uh, well, first I want you to talk about Nels Klein and, and Joe Bison. Yeah. Well, so Bison, you know, uh, well, both of them, quite honestly, you know, Nels also I met through going to his uh, Alligator Lounge. New Music Monday. Yeah, exactly. He did a, a Monday night series at Alligator Lounge. Him and, and his brother and, Alex tried so hard to make a free uh, jazz, you know, happen in SoCal. And he's, it's happening for him in New York City, but man, here. But it worked with you. Right. It worked with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, I just, I met him through going to those shows all the time. And, and he was nice enough to asked me to play a solo set once and then it kind of just evolved into you know jamming at some point and i would say that joe and and nels both these are people that like it blew blew my mind playing with with both of them because it was just like these sort of instant instant connections you know and they're both just such amazing listeners and i learned so much from them um, in that respect, you know, about listening and, you know, I just, I don't know, just beyond grateful to have had friendships and, and musical relationships with both of them. Um, Saccharine Trust, you know, I, I, I've talked about them a million times to a million different people. I mean, this band, like, uh, just it changed my life, you know, in, in ways that it's hard for me to articulate, but Joe's music and Jack's words and they they mean a a tremendous amount to me you know same same with with you Mike quite honestly in the in the Minutemen I mean the, these were two bands that 
I, I don't know. I mean, just just changed my life really quite pointedly, you know. And and hearing, I don't mean to embarrass you by talking about you, but it, it you are a huge part of my evolution playing playing bass. You know, hearing how you um, position the instrument within songs was like, oh shit, like, okay, so the bass doesn't necessarily have to be this this thing that's buried way in the back. Like it could be something a lot more than that. It could be part of the the melody and it could could drive a song in ways that um, I, I really wasn't aware of before hearing you. So um, I remember seeing you first on bass with a P bass. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't yes. remember the Rick. Yeah. So when did that happen? Yeah, which you know, that's the same bass I've had for decades and decades now. You know, there is something about it's such a it's a weird bass. It's sort of like a when I bought it, the guy was telling me like it's it's sort of like a Frankenstein bass. Like there's different parts that were sort of. Well, that's what you could do <laughs> yeah. with Fenders, right? Yeah, but the, thank I, you, I mean, Mr. Leo Fender. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I've picked up so many basses over the years, and there's just something about the one that I have that. I, it, I don't know. It's just was sort of meant for me. And there, I haven't been able to replicate what I can get from that particular instrument from, from any other, you know, and I've tried. I, I, you know, know. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you, man. Instruments can be like that. Yeah. 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 Big time. We're at the end of the second hour, January 25, 2022. This is Peter's special guest, Devin Sarno. Hold tight for hour three. January 25, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watford Pedro Show.
we go from Bacteria, from Copernicus, and his latest release on the Sky Music Nevermore Incorporated record label, Victim of the Sky is the album. And rumor has it Copernicus might be at the uh, infamous Mike and Kevin bash this summer sometime, so stay tuned for that. For Copernicus, Aliens Theme 2 from the Liquid Sky soundtrack. Before that, uh, theme from Rocky and Bull, from Bird Songs and the Mesozoic. Their uh, magnetic flip album, inserting the opposite of uh, Margaret's apartment to a place where uh, Kevin hasn't been in a while. From the Liquid Sky.
uses digital delays, plays, and creates creates loops and loops and loops. And I guess he does some uh, some uh, standard tape loop standard tape looping thing also, and and eventually comes up with these actually comes up with these uh these rhythm rhythm the rhythmic 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 rhythm and eventually comes up with these uh these rhythm rhythmic mic mic patterns mic pattern patterns rhythm rhythmic mic patterns that uh, coincide with uh, um, other things happening
Watford Pedro Show, start off the third hour of Crib, featuring Petra Hayden, Constant. Then we had Foam, Rawlings, and Stobbitz doing Outside of Vicks, number two. Uh, Angela Francis Wilson, Devin Sarno, Homeland. What, what, how'd that happen, this collab? Um, Carla Bozilich and I played a gig together at Pear Space, uh, which is no longer. Yeah, I remember uh, that, Pat. And, and Ange was opening that night, and which I didn't realize at the time, but it was her first solo performance. And I, I was just totally taken with, with her sounds. And um, we struck up a friendship and um, ended up collaborating um, over time. You know, it's, re it's a really uh, special project to me. I, I, I love... Um, the combination she plays modular synth and 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 i play bass and i just have really been enjoying it we, we have been doing sort of file trade um pieces together yeah. um which are a million times different from our live shows which i kind of like you know they're very very different so yeah we've just been kind of messing around kind of figuring out what we want to do with it and petra Mm -hmm. Now, you, you should tell people about Crib, because that's been going a long time, right? Long time, yeah. So that was the, what I called my, you know, the solo bass project of mine, uh, which I don't really, I don't use the Crib name anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, people still kind of refer to it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, speaking of Petra Hayden, I just, I'm mixing the last part of 15 of this opera we did together charlie plymel wrote the libretto and uh it's oh, a trip man. yeah there's just charlie's words i gave it to her not telling her how to do them right 15 parts mm -hmm. and then a bass for each of the 15 parts that the, those words went to oh, and man, then I she came up with it. mandolin and violin and singing and, and it's it's incredible she's, she's quite a creative truly and uh speaking of carla you gave me this, Fly in Five. Yeah.
Watch for P. Show last music for this edition. Carla Boslich and Devin Sarno with Fly and Five. Then Elka Bong, who are going to be on guests two days. A tune called Collaboration. Elka Bong is uh, Al Margolis and Walter Wright. Chester, New York and Lowell, Massachusetts. So some Northeast and uh, interesting stuff. Then I found the, the electric sessions and demos for the Soft White Underbelly. Now this is Boystrico with a different bass player and singer. Mm. And uh, but Richard Meltzer was writing words for this stuff. And here's one called Buddha's Knee. Yeah. Buck Dharma, lead guitar there. D. Boone, big time influenced by Buck Dharma. And John Fogarty, his two biggest influences. Finally, Devin Sarno, uncon- Unconstant Reservoir. So tell me about this uh, collab you did with Carla. Yeah, Carla and I, you know, mainly uh, have been doing live uh, live stuff. Um, that piece I gave you was kind of like our first recorded piece, uh, which which she completely put together um, on her own. I had sort of given her some some random bass tracks and stuff, and she she put that together for a compilation um, that we were on. Um, and yeah, I mean, Carla's another person that I've just known over the years and, and got to know better through Nels. Um, and we've always had, I mean, she's just such an incredible human being, you know. I um, Did you know, uh, Cap, what was it called? Uh, Ch- Chains with Joey, Invisible Chains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, she she's on a new Alliance record. Right, and uh, I, I like it a lot. It's it's pretty experimental, trippy. Uh, she, you know, she's a Pedro background, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Now, for the last thing we played, you used the name Devin Sarno. Now, in the old days, you would have called it Crib. Yeah, probably. Okay, okay. So I see the yeah. connect. So, so Crib ain't like an alter ego. It, it is you. It is me. Yeah. 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 There's something about having a name, though. Uh, maybe it gives it its own identity. The one good thing about using your own name is people know who to blame. That's why, that's why I do it. <laughs> like, if I'm part of a, a, a unit that's, I'm not doing all the stuff, then I'll, it'll have a name. But if I'm writing all the stuff, I'll, I put my name there. So, you know, it's not the other <laughs> guys. <laughs> it's what doing a hand puppet, right? Yeah. Okay. That's what Georgie would say. If he saw somebody picking their ass, he'd call him. Hey, hand puppet. <laughs> George, he knows how to visualize. I'll put in uh, images with words and brand it on my brain. So what do you got going right now? Um, yeah, so I got a, a series that I, I started at the top of the year um, called Sound Study. And I, I, I'm a type of person that tends to kind of like and need long-term projects um i like to sort of sink my teeth into stuff for a bit of time so i tasked myself with doing a monthly uh release of a track um and so these are file trade collaborations with different people just friends and you know i've I've been reaching out to some people that i don't even know randomly to see if they'd be interested and luckily a couple have been and i'm i'm gonna try to see how how long I can 
extend it out, you know. Now, hoping... do, do you keep these private or, or, or people can hear no, this on the all, internet? These are all on Bandcamp. Okay, why, why don't you give a URL so people can check this shit out? Uh, yeah, so just my name, Devin Sarno. Ah, we spell. Uh, D-E-E-D. And, and also what's... Let me spell Spotify. it though, so people might not know. D e v i n, s a r n o. Yeah. Devin Sarno, people, check it out at Bandcamp.com, and uh, it's called the Sound Series. Yeah, Sound Study. Sound uh, Study Series. You know, and part of it is a little bit of a nod too to to the Sonic Youth, S Y R series, which I always loved. Um, Oh yeah, they were like collaborations, right? Yeah, and they were they were just sort of like a I mean, everything they did was experimental, but you know, that particular series was was even more so. And I liked also kind of the covers that were all kind of uniform and, and look and so it's a bit of a Yeah, the difference look. was the color, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the blue one, the red one. Yeah, a little yeah. wink and a nod to that in a way. Okay. Okay, so influential, those guys. I remember when we first saw me and D-Boom, we looked at each other, because we thought Minutemen was kind of adventurous, you know, and looking up to Per Uber or something like that, right? And then we felt like Chuck Berry and shit when we saw those guys. <laughs> Not wrong with Chuck Berry. Yeah, I think we all did. That's <laughs> <laughs> like screwdrivers in his fucking guitar. What the fuck did I just yeah. say? And I remember them opening up their boat, and the, no cases for the guitar. There's just a shelf that threw them all <laughs> under there. Yeah. It was a total mind blow, you know, those guys. Very, very uh, freeing of the mind, uh, the Berlin walls in my head. They just knocked a lot of that. Well, the movement did, but those guys, they had their turn at it. Um, okay, too. so this is the first installment then? You said you started at the beginning of the year? Yeah, so well, I did one in Dece late December, and then uh, in, in earnest, it started in January. Okay. Um, and they're going to be coming one a month uh, yeah. for as long as I can do it. So you got them lined up, like... Yeah. If you're, you're uh, people, if you're living in the uh, Inland Empire, and you're seeing the big uh, uh, train of uh, planes going towards LAX, right? They're all... <laughs> that's me, baby. Yeah, that's how you get the tunes, right? boxcars no but that's kind of good because uh yeah stuff to look forward to yeah it keeps me keeps me occupied you know and and it's nice just to collaborate with folks you do know? you have your own website yeah just again just my name devinsarno.com okay people d-e-v-i-n-s-a-r-n-o.com check yep. it out you probably have links to your, your band camp stuff yeah it's all too. up there yeah well man i you know, you get a bunch of these under your belt. Please come back on the show. Let's play them and talk about it and see how they, each one will probably have its own story. Oh, they're com all completely different. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd love to. I appreciate that. Okay, absolute, absolute. Thanks so much for being on. It's quite an honor. People, it's Thank been the January 25, 2022 edition of Wapino. So keep your powder. <laughs>